or Barigapod podcast. This is Dead Cinema Society, a show concerned with the revitalization of cinema out from entertainment. My name is Chris. What's up, society? Yosh here. This is Regina King's directorial debut, her 2020 film, One Night in Miami, based off of the play by Kemp Powers. Brilliant writing, brilliant performances all around from Aldous Hodge, Eli Gore, Kingsley Benadir, Leslie Odom Jr. These guys brought the heat, and so did we with our conversation that went a little off the rails, but I hope in a good way. So please give us a subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment, tell us what you're thinking about the show. We really appreciate the support, and without any further ado, here's our conversation on One Night in Miami. start us off all right um cool yeah this movie was educational for me um i this this was a lot about what i didn't know about which was um fascinating to me and it had me gripped in halfway through um i don't know what it was about the pacing in the beginning like the first half but it was hard for me to get into the movie in the first half. And I, I just like, like my rankings gradually raised as the movie went on. And then we're yes. getting these like hotel scenes where it's like, oh man, this is what this movie's about. Like, this yes. is incredible. And I wonder if we could have got there sooner or did mm -hmm. the character development need to happen that way to get to those moments for us to feel that? I don't know, but like, everyone brought it once we got into the room particularly after they left to the liquor store i guess but right around that time um so you know the acting really just i mean sam cook to me um blew it out of the park like uh yes. what was his name sorry leslie 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 uh phenomenal phenomenal job yeah. that was some of the best acting i've seen this year um in particular i mean everybody killed it yeah um okay so with that i am going to give this film an 8.5 wow. wow damn yeah. 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 um yeah. you know not quite a masterpiece because of the first half but the acting was just phenomenal yeah. like that's what it's about you know you gotta mm -hmm. be present and take on these these deeper issues and really give yourself up to what you're what you're speaking about, you know, and who, you know, they're taking on people of history yeah. and these are real people, you know, so it's, it's just phenomenal job to get out of the way of that and trust Regina as a director. She did a great job and uh, yeah, it's just well shot. Um, Chris, me, Chris, yes. Chris. this movie. And I, I was nodding at Yoshi during this whole time. Uh, unfortunately behind, behind the scenes, everybody, uh, I briefly talked to Yoshi yesterday as I was helping him move. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, this movie was trash in the beginning. Mm -hmm. The big, the, the opening scenes, the like vignettes into each of their lives. I could not stand the acting was still to the direction was off. And then as soon as they got to that motel, I was like, holy shit, this is a, this is a good film. Like mm -hmm. they, and even you could tell in their performances, like they relax, they actually start interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. That being said, shouldn't have been a movie. Mm. It was based off of a play called One Night in Miami. 
and I think it should have stayed in play. Hmm. Like, yeah, by Kenny Powers. Uh, is it Kenny Powers? Did you just, did you just, did you just turn him into yeah, uh, Kenny Danny Powers. McBride? He's a character. white man. He's a white man, everyone. <laughs> Kenny Powers. He's from the South, the that Deep South, and he's white. <laughs> and he does these compellingly accurate portrayals of African American leadership. And and how it swirls oh. it, the the tempests of the times. It's amazing. As Dude. a white male, it's South, Kenny is amazing. South Park needs to do an episode where <laughs> Kenny Powers <laughs> writes "One Night in Miami." Yes, a white ba- ex baseball player from the South. So it was a play, and uh, <laughs> you can't cut it out, Chris. I'm. Do you edit these episodes? Oh, come on, we we left Werner, and you got to give us our. You know. Whoa, okay. I love Werner, oh. believe me. I'm not, yeah, not the spirit. I gave this movie a... <laughs> Chris is like, I'm going to just stop talking. <laughs> uh, so I think I think it should have stayed in play. I, th- I think it really should have, it should have been that. Because like, the way that it, like, and I, I don't fault Regina King. I think she does a great job with the, the actors in this film and really getting that performances out of them. But like... And maybe maybe I can just fault the cinematographer, I guess. But like some of the shots were just so boring and so unnecessary, and just like, like why are why are we here? Like, like I get you want to show Jim Brown in the bathroom reacting to what he's hearing, but like, why are you holding it for that long? I want the open black box theater with the you know crappy motel background. I want to see Jim Brown walk stage left. And and look and and be in the bathroom and, and being able to as we as an audience in a theater can hear both sides of the of the conversation and have him react and be able to choose to watch either Jim Brown reacting to it or to choose the conversation between Malcolm and Cassius that's happening in the actual motel room. It should have stayed a, a play in my opinion. Anyway, that long winded answer was brought to you by the ranking of seven point eight. Seven point eight. Fair, but harsh. Hey, we're two. You, yeah, you better pass it to me. <laughs> you better pass yeah, it to better. me because that I couldn't disagree more. The only reason we saw this movie, the only reason I saw this movie, is was because, because it was Kenny a movie. Powers. Because it was a movie. I, I wouldn't yeah, have seen this play. I didn't even know film. about it. I'm not in New York or wherever this play was put up. That's why this this should be made into a movie. In mm-hmm. fact, I think. I know Fences also, I never saw Fences, but I know that was also a play that was turned into a film. I think that this should be a new niche. I think that directors should get really good at making plays into movies. If you do it right, I think it's a great new little niche to turn New? Well, in the sense that this did still feel like a play, because it was like all in the motel room, you know? It was all confined to a space. It still felt like a play. I know there's plays that also... Have been turned into. I know this isn't the first time that's happened. Yeah, but like but, there have been there have been several films that have felt like plays. I mean, Twelve Angry Men, Dogville, Dogville, Dead Championship Season. Yeah, yeah. Well, then uh, then I take that back. But uh, well, I still think I think out, more worry. plays, maybe more plays, should be made into, into films. Anyways, my point being the Jim Brown scene, that was perfect. They needed to hold that shot because. Jim Brown was going on in his head on to which line of the sand he belongs. You know, you have that wonderful scene which probably should have led the film off, which is also why I disagree with you about the first half of the film not being worth it. That wonderful scene where he goes to whoever that dude's house was, 
that white dude's house. Mr. Carlton, was, right? Mr. Carlton, whatever. I, I oh, think yeah. he was just like a like a white guy in the yeah, like some family some friend. important guy in the in that city in that town. Yeah, and he's on. What a fucking scene that was. Because first of all, no, you know what? I take it back. It shouldn't have been the first scene because the first scene is Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, Cassius Clay, doing a little one-two, and Regina King doing a little one-two at the same time, meaning. That we, the audience, thought that this was going to be Cassius Clay showing his prowess and easily running through his opponent. That's how the entire scene felt. And then Cassius Clay gets stung. Boom. He goes down. Didn't see it coming at all. A little one-two from Gina King. Mm-hmm. She, she follows that up with another one-two where you get Jim Brown on the porch of this man's house who seems to be an outlier being that he's treating Jim Brown with respect and he's talking to him like he's a fellow mm-hmm. human being. And Jim Brown is clearly taken aback by that. All to lead up to this one-two. Boom! Oh, I'm sorry. You know we don't allow in the house. Like, boom! I was like, whoa! I felt that with Jim Brown a yeah. little bit. You know, like I, felt, I saw that coming a mile away. I did not see that coming. I saw that coming I didn't a see mile it. away. I, I, didn't, I, didn't. I did not see it. <laughs> I didn't see it coming, no. I, I was like, see- why isn't he not... Yeah, why doesn't he help out? So I think a little context for each character is brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I think we should have got maybe even more context with Malcolm X, mm-hmm. but point being... Um, I'm wrong. Well, I disagree. It's not that you're wrong, but I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I think that this absolutely should have been made into a film. And Regina King, directorial debut. This might be my favorite directorial debut that we've ever covered on this show. Wow. The pacing is amazing. The editing is incredible. Cinematography is great. You know how hard it is to do good cinematography in a confined space? The blocking is so good. And the acting Keep going. is incredible. These four guys do some of the best acting I've seen in the past five years. And that all starts at the very fucking top. Regina King, directorial debut. She created an environment where actors dream of working in those types on those types Absolutely. of sets. Absolutely. They dream of those scenarios. I know that she made them feel so comfortable and they had conversations yeah. that allowed them to have the freedom to create these mm. characters. This is the best movie of the year and it, we're going to have a conversation about the Oscars because Aaron, I think it is up for an Oscar. It's not up it for best not. picture. Oh, and that is why I will not do side. an Oscar show. Yeah. Fuck the Oscars. What camera are we on? God. Yeah, what, this one. No. Fuck the Oscars. Stop fuck thinking. the Grammys. Fuck all these organizations that are ruled by political fucking whites. prowess, political whites, whatever the fuck the reason is. This movie, I don't, I don't even know what other movies are going right now, but this is the best picture of the year. And with all that said, I give this movie an 8.9. Wow. wow. Yeah. Nice. But why does it breach, doesn't it breach a masterpiece for you if it's the best movie of we'll the year? We'll get into it. Well, Best movie of the year. I mean, it's very rare that a masterpiece is made these days, in my opinion. I mean, the last movie that I had high praise for on this level was Midsommar by Ari Aster, which is a few years ago now. I mean, I think most movies that come out are pretty trash, to be quite frank. I think that this is a rare gem in a time where not very good films are being made. And it deserves to be brought... A lot of attention deserves to be brought to it. And the fact that the Academy... The Academy doesn't think that this even deserves to be nominated as a best picture fuck you and i'm not watching your show i haven't watched your show i'm not going to watch it again goodbye oscars i don't ever want to be nominated for shit if i ever even am good enough to be nominated for anything i don't want to be nominated fuck you regina king badass bitch 
Fuck you. She's awesome. I personally would like to be nominated for an Oscar. I'll go to your show. Hey, you know what? This will piss you off even more. IMDb's score. Do you know what it is for this film? What? Zero. A 7.2. That's sad. Yeah. So not only does the Oscars not understand it, but so do whatever, 100,000 other people that are probably judging the pacing or something rather of the first half of the movie and maybe being bored. Yeah, they're bored. Yeah. Yeah, people Which is bored. something I, I've learned to fight through, and yeah. thank God I did, because the second half of the movie is fire. Fire. Like, it has fire. to be seen, and I just don't know. Because of the, 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 yeah. the implications of how important, I know this is a fictitious conversation, first of all, we should say that. This is oh, no, I'm going to continue this fictitious okay. conversation. Yeah, yeah. This is a fictitious moment that they created for mm-hmm. this film, or Kenny, Ken, Kenny Powers created for his, yeah. for his Kenny play. Kenny Powers is a god. <laughs> but I'm never going to live the, that down. The, um, and and I, I'm going to pass it off to Paul in just a moment. But the implications of what's being talked about and the inspiration that Malcolm X had on these three other characters is just like... This is like a moment in history that is not to be ignored. And just like you, even though I'm probably I'm very familiar with Malcolm X, but I wasn't familiar with just how infectious he may have been to mm-hmm. other famous black men of the time. And that was really compelling to me. And, and I've gone on too long. I'm mm-hmm. about three quarters of the way through my first drink of the evening. It's, it's a little yes. Buffalo Trace. So I'm a bit I'm a bit passionate at the moment. I'm gonna pass it to Paul, and we'll get into the discussion. Passionate Paul, oh, take passionate it away. Paul. What was he? Pacific Paul. Pacific Paul. Yeah. Dip, no. dip us in those cool waters, Paul. To- totally. Because I'll let me just waters. invoke Regina King. Regina King, attention Hollywood. Attention. Attention. <laughs> at some point, history repeats itself. Uh, attention. <laughs> Attention! Sorry, attention! From uh, remember from, from uh, flesh and blood. Attention! Attention! Sorry, sorry, cut you off. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, attention, Hollywood. Uh, you know, we uh, ignored uh, women uh, who said they were uh, groped by uh, Harvey, and uh, we have ignored uh, black artists for too long. Uh, we now have a woman who is a black artist um, who will, at some point, bring to life the story of Martin Luther King. There should be no one else doing the Martin Luther King movie when it eventually finds its way to the big screen, and the only person who should be directing it is Regina King. It is funny because as I was watching the the movie unfold in this hotel room, I could not stop thinking about what Martin Luther King must have been going through in a Memphis hotel room. And the moment he steps out for a breath of fresh air, he is gunned down by James Earl Ray. The tension she created in that, there's a multitude of feelings and effects that she created inside that hotel room. It was masterly. And it was an absolute joy to watch. She, uh, it's it, because she could wag her finger right back at me. Don't think of me as a black female. I, I just think of you as a person. But I'm just letting you know because that's the way 
uh, you're going to let the press junket unfold like that when you are at the helm of what will be the Academy Award winning film about the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. And I cannot wait for that movie. Um, I can't wait for your namesake, King, to be associated with that movie. And I'm trying to figure out who oh. you're going to cast, but I don't know yet. And that's how uh, how moved I was. You know, the point you made earlier, uh, well, I guess we made about adapting plays. That's the Rogue Machine Theater Company here in Los Angeles. Uh, this is what they're known for, bringing new plays to life. Um, and... I'm frustrated that I didn't see this thing when it, when it came out in 2013. I would have loved to have seen this play. I'm like, oh, and uh, I, too, I didn't see it as a one-two punch, but I loved how I was shocked at the beginning. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, this isn't going to go the way I thought it was. Oh, okay. We both, you know, with Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, and what happened with Jim Brown. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I... I enjoyed this. This is a very good movie, and I rank this movie an 8.4. Nice. Sweet. So I completely, since we've been having such a great discussion, I completely didn't remember what we all gave it. So if you can just give me those rankings one more time. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris, you gave it a 9.1. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it, gets, it gets dry my... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, uh, Aaron. I gave it an 8.5. An 8.5. Yoshino. 8.9. 8.9. And at 8.4. 8.4. And I gave it a 7.8. Because apparently I'm a racist. Uh, the final ranking for uh, Regina King's directorial debut of One Night in Miami. Paul. Yeah, that's Paul. Hit it with an 8.4. Yeah. It is exactly right. 8.4. He undercut 4. me for the average. He did it just for the average. <laughs> just, just for the, just the average. Yes. Awesome. So just to recap for this evening, the three films, 8.4 for One Night in Miami. Yep. Mm -hmm. A Man Escaped. A Man Escaped was 7.8, I believe. Yeah, that was the... Winter Light. Was a... Uh, 8. An 8.6, I think. Yeah, with my 9. Yeah, that would have been about right. Yeah. I believe it was an 8.6. So Winter Lights are number one. Winter Lights are number one. Winter Light. Number okay. one. But this uh, is the contender. 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 Chris just kept it. Just, just another white man keeping this yeah. movie below a masterpiece <laughs> in favor of some fucking Nordic bullshit. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> I'm opening the floor. I, I don't want to be the one dictating this. I have a lot to say. Yep. Um. But and it's it's free game if anyone has anything to say. You want to go? Uh, yeah. Let me just start on. Uh, I'm just going to start at the ending because my God, what a phenomenal piece of montage! Um, the way you brought because I knew that song was coming and I just was it, you. You kept. You did us, know? Why? You, you, yeah, you kept me on edge because that's my favorite song by. Sam Cooke. Oh, okay. And I just, I was like, is that song, that song has to be in the film. And right. just the way you, you laid up the whole movie around him speaking his truth and like making that message and just the montage that ensues with all of our characters stepping into like their purpose and, and just how powerful music really is when you're not just following trends and you're not just doing the love, 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 you know, boopity bop. For the times and getting popular it's like right now it's like 
okay, what could I do to do pop culture music? Oh, okay, I could do that. But then, like, how do you say, like, what the time? Like, what what's going on with you? What's going on culturally? Like, what's going on with history? Like, say what you mean, you know? Because that moment where he's on that TV show, The Tonight Show or whatever, and yeah. it's just like... The Tonight Show or whatever. What show was it? It was the it was Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Okay, you know, it's, this is Relax. this whole thing was a historical. Do you realize like how how many people watch Johnny Carson? I, I do. Yes, I do. But I'm born in 1990, so it wasn't as impactful in my own life. Right. But fuck Johnny Carson. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Anyways, go. just that moment you're creating where it's like you know he hits that first note and it's just like oh yeah. Like there's just a difference in his music. You know? mm-hmm. Like you just you just put history into his music, which you know. I mean, I'm I just don't have that education, and you educated me. That moment gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, I goosebumps. I had tears at the end of the movie. Like Same. this, this really affected Such me. Such a powerful, and that's why I credit the editing and the pacing and everything because <laughs> it flowed so perfectly when when that moment came. And the performance by Leslie Odom Jr., it's all credit to him because he's saying that, right? I that's think him, so. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal. And that's why this works. And this harpens back to our previous episode, Dead Cinema Society 19, the music show, uh, about how important it is, in my opinion, when you're going to have music or singing dictated on a film, to have real musicians or real singers doing mm-hmm. it. Because if there's even an inkling for the audience to pick up that it's being performed it really takes you out of it mm-hmm. and this was like i th- i couldn't tell if he was really singing or if it was just the most perfect lip sync i've ever seen in my life but it was so powerful the moment the the way it was placed with all the 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 pretext of the argument and the fight yep. he had with malcolm x but yep. then you see like you need um, an aggressive malcolm x mm-hmm. you know what i mean like he gets a lot of shit malcolm x does because you have the the passive Martin Luther King, and you have sort of aggressive right. Malcolm X. And how were they both? As one, once, uh, one shot with a pistol, Martin Luther King. The other one shotgun to death. Martin Luther, just like the aggression, you know. And you, you make a that's a great point. Like we have to put this, we have to put this man down. And I'm like, wow, you know. And, and then, and then you see, and you know. We don't know what's real and what's not real, but it doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned because the story is what matters. And then you see the sort of angst and turmoil that it takes for you to be the guy that you don't want to fucking piss your friends off. Yeah. You don't want to spend your life convincing people that they're not living up to their full potential. Mm. You don't want to be that aggression in people's lives, but that is the sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he believed, whether or not he was right or wrong, that's another conversation. But he believed that the only way to save their culture, to save their people, was through aggression. There was no more time. You had to be aggressive. You had to stand mm-hmm. up and you had to use your power, Sam Cooke, as the, one of the biggest singers at the time. You have to use your power. If you don't, we fail. That's how detrimental is, this is. Sacrifice your hedonistic lifestyle. Sacrifice your quote-unquote freedom for the freedom of all. Malcolm X didn't necessarily want to be that guy. That's why we have that beautiful scene, which I think is so amazing that Regina, Regina King chose to, or Ken Powers chose to write about this, because you never see this aspect of Malcolm X shown, 
where he struggles. And, you know, he, he's not even necessarily sure he's doing the right thing. And he struggles. He's at the table and he's starting to cry. And Jim Brown is the only one there. And, 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 and you know, he's like, brother, you know, and, and he's like, what's going on? And, of course, that's where he tells him that he's thinking about leaving the brotherhood of Islam because he thinks that where they're taking it is not necessarily where he originally envisioned the purpose of it. And so that moment where Sam Cooke lets out those words, it's like, well, that's what can be born when you're really brutally honest with your friends and when you're uh, a subservient to the ideal that you're trying to birth into the world. It hurts. It hurt Malcolm X to speak to his friend like that. But if it wasn't for that conversation, that song never would have been born. And, and, and that man, Sam Cooke, would have just continued to be a puppet on a string, mm -hmm. performing for the masses, mm -hmm. instead of digging into his heart and making use of his voice and his power. And he almost didn't have that chance. Do you notice how the guy had to say, do you want an encore? We, we want to hear one more song from you. Do you have something else for us? Yeah. yeah it's almost like he didn't get the... Okay. <laughs> it's almost like he didn't get the chance to you know but it's like i don't know i just love this movie you know it's like trust your voice and you know even if you do get that position of power it's like what do you what do you believe in you know really was it just about freedom and like the paycheck or what are you going to say with that power and that microphone hello mm. you know we got our own stage right now it's like how are you going to use it you know and, and are you going to be agreeable Exactly. Are you going to be agreeable? Or are you, are you going to, and, and how important is this film right now beyond the black discussion, beyond the suppression of, of, the, of the black people? How important is this? What? Did I not articulate no, just that the, well? Just, just the, the suppression of the, the black people. Yeah. <laughs> just like a very, never mind. Well, the black people, you know, not, yes, not yes. like the black people, like the people. The black people, like the, it, this, this film goes beyond that, and 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 it's 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 right now. It's about how, you know how many people in positions of power right now, celebrities, actors, are just saying what they think they have to say, right, to stay in that fashion mm -hmm. of being able to keep booking jobs. Yep, that's Perhaps. what I loved about that you had four people from disparate backgrounds coming together and you know it's interesting because i look at history and i go well this was what was required for a civil rights movement for uh, black people to get recognized and i go uh, you know i don't want to i can already i already know that if i i'll say the wrong thing but we captured what was necessary that you had to have someone from entertainment someone who's a cultural agitator someone from sports and perhaps another person from sports and how they were burdened it just seemed like the the because the, then we I, what i felt is the more famous they became the more they were then trapped inside the, themselves and realized they needed to work they could only be with others like a jim brown could then understand a cassius clay like my fame is getting so big but i have no way to use our platform to help others to help our people and i think that the way they captured, which is something I'm completely ignorant of as a white male, but what was necessary at that time to advance a cause is, 
you know, it was really, really beautifully captured um, in this movie. And we we got to see it at the end, and and a little historical uh, significance is we we got to see what the consequences of that is. Malcolm X was murdered. Yep. Sam Cooke was killed. Yeah. Like, I mean, Muhammad Ali was banned from boxing. Jim Brown, as we saw in the movie, ultimately left football and, you know, was allowed to make films and everything, but, like, was lambasted and, and, and you know, affected deeply in his personal life from people being so upset at him that he left football that, you know, he wanted to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, we don't see that sort of sad, truthful ending. Yeah. We see the sort of optimistic one of change. Well, we yeah. do see... We do see Sam Cooke, but, I mean, he died the next year. Yeah, it's tragic. Malcolm X died the next like, couple weeks. A couple weeks, yeah. And then, yeah, Muhammad Ali was, <clears throat> like you said, in the prime of his life, in the prime of his athletic prowess, was banned from boxing for, what was it, six years? Yeah. Like, that's like, imagine right now, like, John Jones. He's probably past his prime, honestly. But imagine John Jones was out for the last six years because he didn't want to go f kill Asians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. That the government did that. And this is still the same government that everybody's so afraid to, uh, you know, speak, speak bad about. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be what you want me to be. I am free to be what I want to be. That's a quote from Muhammad Ali. And that's why his rebirth, uh, that's, that's about him changing his name to Muhammad Ali. The reporters are quite, you know, like, are you, are you regretting doing that? He's like, no, I, I don't have to be what you want me to be. Right. I'm free to be what I want to be. Those people in the in the public eye are so rare. And I think we need that right now. I really do. Because it, it seems to me that everybody wants to be what everybody else wants them to be right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, because you can get, yeah, silenced, you know. Silenced, yeah. Real quick. Especially in the social media. They didn't even have social media back then. Imagine. So these men were silenced back then. And now there's a whole new form of silencing going on. That's right. Yeah. It's a different form. Now it's like, yeah, what do, it's like, man, what's happening? What is actually happening? <laughs> Society, humanity. Fear, right? It's like fear of... Being wrong? Of evolution? Fear of... Uh, Thought? Being wrong? Like being crucified? For thinking? Yeah. Not to be a contrarian, but who's being silenced right now? Who's being silenced? Yeah, who's being silenced? Are you, are you referring to, like, Twitter banning people? Like, what? what is the, the silencing that you're hearing? I think that it's extremely unpopular right now mm -hmm. to even think about conspiratorial ideas. Okay. And... <clears throat> that right there is, is what it comes down to. Like we talked about, I think it was maybe off air. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was another conversation. But the word conspiracy has been conflated purposefully, in my opinion, to a degree where now something goes off in our brains when somebody even starts to question something or talk about a nefarious plan. 
where we all get uncomfortable and we're all like, well, this person like is, is spending too much time on the internet or something or, you know, something like that. But there seems to be some kind of motion to to create an unpopular stance in people who question things. Am I wrong about that? No, but specifically who is being silenced? Like who who is being deplatformed and being shut down in such a way or or you know taken out of context where they are being silenced? I think there's a there is a a great uh, kind of groupthink that are pushing people to not, you know, speak their truth in terms of like a, uh, you know, a, a, a non-progressive uh, kind of outlook, if you want to say. But I don't think people are being silenced. I think the people who are being or who are saying that they're being silenced are being called out on, you know, I, on on you know inequality or or. Looking at things and then calling wolf and stuff like that. I think the people who are are being silenced, we are not noticing. The people who are you know saying I'm being silenced are just. Being I don't. I don't know that I'm talking about a literal silencing. I think. Yes. I think I'm talking about a behind the scenes psyche, sort of like okay. numbingness. That's that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, I think that this is like a sneaky fear. Yeah, that is just around us everywhere within everyone you meet a silencing not literally like a deep platforming but like you're a, afraid a, to a, say what you actually think exactly right? yeah. and everyone is afraid to say that <laughs> yeah and, and 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 that's the silence i'm talking about because I, and i think this is because of technology because everything you say is being recorded you are not allowed to learn you are not allowed to be wrong like I have said some horrible, horrible things in my life that I am fortunate that I grew up in a, in a place where I could get privately like, hey, man, that's terrible. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why do you have this vision? Like, you, you barely know the world. Why are you so angry at it? And it takes that kind of tender, loving care. So I think what we're, what we're really talking about is a lack of compassion. And yeah. a lack of of being empathetic to a different person's life, and not saying like, "Yes, you should believe this." But it's like, "Well, why should I believe this?" Yeah. And to really truly understand it, and to bring it back into one night in Miami, is to understand. Yeah, the reason Sam Cooke sings about these happy songs is be getting paid. He's he's getting paid. Right. He wants to fight, but it requires him to get money. And that's right there the crux of. The downfall of civilization, ultimately, I think, is that at the end of the day, for most people, the paycheck ultimately supersedes the compassion. Oh, I, yeah, I don't disagree. Or, or, or the, not the compassion, but the responsibility. Mm-hmm. The responsibility for you to do what's right. Yeah. If you're getting paid... It's you we were we watched the film and they were I mean Malcolm X was the 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 one who who didn't but they were for and they bring it up in the film too it's they were people who were of means 
it wasn't they weren't talking to the guy out in the in the in the hallway who probably you know shared an apartment with somebody or his wife you know what didn't wear pearl necklaces or anything all of them were men's of means it's a clash issue as well it's like when you have that authority when you have the microphone when you have that power how do you use it right now people like jeff bezos and all these people are consolidating and are policing using their 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 power and their influence to push an agenda that is, you know, inherently whitewashed of any sort of, you know, uh, differing opinions, mm-hmm. I'll say. You can have an open discussion, but when you have these open discussions devolve into just violent means and, and vile to each other, it's not constructive. Yeah, have you guys seen uh, Killer Mike and Bernie Sanders at, at the uh, Amazon? Yeah, yeah. You see that? It was a head. I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, we it's probably, we need more of this. And then I'm thinking, "Killer Mike's amazing. I like him a yeah. lot." But it's super. It's super hard to speak up like that's he does. It. That's exactly. Because how how much influence do these people have? Like the film, how much influence over your own life do they really have? They can track you. They can kill you. They can do whatever they want. And Killer Mike made a very potent. Uh, observation and point in his speech was like guys the reason why this stuff happens is because there's sort of a hypocrisy going on where like we all want to talk shit about jeff bezos and amazon but tomorrow i'm going to order something from amazon got it if if they do not raise the wages and and this doesn't become a slave labor type situation then i am no longer going to order things from amazon and you guys need to do the same thing. That was basically a speech. Mm-hmm. Now, that is also the problem at the end of the day is nobody – until we – that's why this isn't Jeff Bezos' fault. This isn't Donald Trump's fault. This isn't Joe Biden's fault. This is our fault. Unless the people are ready to evolve, we will continue to elect officials that represent our shadows. We don't want to evolve. We do not want to take on the responsibilities Thus, we are we are electing these people that reflect our shadows. We do not want to take on the responsibility of going on strike to Amazon because then we have to go buy the thing that's 20 minutes away from our house when we can just click our computer and the thing shows up tomorrow. How do you get an entire oh, no. nation of people to go on strike to something like a Goliath like Amazon? Yeah, good luck. It's, uh, I mean... Yeah, you're getting into, I mean, you just look at our labor history in this country and, you know, it took courageous individuals to say, well, let's, let's unionize. It took courageous individuals to let's uh, repeal that and uh, pass this. Um, yeah. You, are you going to get people off? Look, you know, you nearly spilled your drink on a, on a computer that probably runs your entire life. Uh, you know, this is the thing. It's, um, we're probably uh, five years away from an Apple car or less and people are going to buy it and they're not going to stop uh it's uh, we're in a consumption society uh we're in a convenience society uh don't interrupt the uh the flow um you know that hasn't changed uh you know these uh, conveniences we have today people are they're fine with it just keep moving just uh let me just continue along this path 
I mean, if you want to unify the three movies today, I mean, that's what it is. You're, you know, Aaron brought it up earlier. We're going to church for what reason again? Hmm. Okay. I don't really know what I'm doing here. I mean, we've had off air discussions about, you know, his, uh, his educational path under the, you know, religious auspice. I'm like, oh my God, I can't imagine somebody going through, you know, a deeply religious educational path. It just, it's frightening to me. Um, you know, I don't know when it's going to stop. <laughs> you know, we, we could say one thing. You know, what are we going to do? We're on this podcast. We're like, are yeah. we going to make a change? Probably not. You know, like, okay, I'm just. <laughs> Let me know. blow your mind for a second. Where'd you guys watch this movie? Amazon. Well, we had to watch it from Amazon. From Amazon, yeah. Amazon. Yeah. And we're going to upload this show on a Google-owned YouTube application. Yeah. So why not just drink an entire bottle of tequila? <laughs> there you go, hey guys. Well, look, I mean, um, clearly this film has spawned a, a tangential yeah. conversation, but let's bring it back to the film a little bit before we wrap this one up. Um, Aaron, what you got? Um, well, I wanted to talk about uh, oh. cancel culture. Well, no, I, I Wait, wanted you... to get at the thread of <clears throat> what the thing was. Yeah. I mean, let me just speak on it for just a quick sure, sure, snippet. Sure. Nah, Maybe we can no. bring it back into the movie. But, like, I just firmly believe that we need to correct bad speech with good speech. Like, educate people, right? Like, someone may say something ignorantly, but, like, is it the job to deplatform and, like, silence him and crucify that man and damn him to hell? And maybe the guy had no education. Maybe he literally needed a compassionate friend to be like, hey, buddy, do you know about this and this and this? Uh, no, I've never heard about this, this, and this. It's like, well, here, let me tell you about some stuff. Does he need to be crucified? Does he need to be canceled off platforms and da 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 I think certain people do. I think there are certain bad actors, and it's not all people. It's not no, most yeah, people. Some people are, vi- dude, of course, they're yeah. like extremists people, on there are, all, there. all ends. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? If you fuck with kids, you're done. You know, you're done. Like, you're done, kid. You're done. Yeah, you're done. And this is, you know, this can be taken. This can be pigeonholed and be like, well, wait a minute. Well, and no, 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 that could be wrong. And this is right. And this is wrong. But like at the end of it, it's like we need to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. As a society. I don't know how that relates to Regina King. Well, killing it on this movie. <laughs> communicating. Communicating. These people who are so revolutionary and who have might impacted your life. I had no idea Sam Cooke was a civil rights activist. Yeah, I no didn't idea. know. I didn't no know. idea. This educated me. Yeah. But but out of my ignorance, right, somebody could look at me and say, that guy's an idiot. He doesn't yeah. know about the truth of this history. But, like, look what this did. This was a compassionate, educating experience. Yeah. The... One of the geniuses of the film, to bring back to the film, I think that Regina King nailed is not holding an opinion, but rather presenting sort of just how difficult it is to deal with this conundrum in Malcolm X's shoes. You know, it's like she's not necessarily there's no vibe of the film that's saying that Malcolm X was right or wrong for taking his aggressive standpoint but then that conversation that unfolds in the motel is sort of exploring that. And you have Sam Cooke's point of view that's like, hey, man, just because I'm not out there, like, screaming doesn't mean that I'm not doing something. You know, like, I've presented opportunity. I've, I've presented inspiration for our people. And he has a point, And Malcolm X has a point. 
Jim Brown's got a point. Muhammad Ali's got a point. Everyone kind of brings a point to it, and th there's no really right or wrong to any of it. But Malcolm X really did inspire Cassius Clay to be reborn as Muhammad mm -hmm. Ali, Sam Cooke to be reborn in his art form and, and make music from the heart and not to placate to the white audience. Jim Brown to quit the NFL, you know, like to stop working for the Roman emperor, as he put it in the film. And so I just love that it, that the film offered an opportunity for us, the audience, to sort of get a little insight into, like, hey, man, can we just all remind ourselves that, like, this fucking sucks? Yeah. This sucks. Why are we in this position? We don't know why we're in this position. We are born into this position. And now Sam Cooke, I worked my whole life. My whole life has been so that I can be free. And now that I'm free, I have to work towards something else now. I can't just enjoy the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, Malcolm X, I can't. And Malcolm X was like, dude, I didn't ask for this either. That's what's so fucking heartbreaking about it. Is like, none of, they didn't ask for this. And yeah. yet they're being forced to sacrifice their lives for the greater good of their people. Well said. Well, I don't know where to go from there. I mean, that's almost an hour. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One Night in Miami, Regina King. Great fucking movie. I yeah. guarantee this is going to be the most comments we've ever had.